This is Season 2 of Mobile Suit Breakdown, a podcast about Japanese sci-fi mega-franchise Mobile Suit Gundam for new fans, old fans, and not-yet-fans, where we watch, analyze, and review all 40 years of the iconic anime in the order it was made. We research its influences, examine its themes, and discuss how each piece of the Gundam canon fits within the changing context in Japan and the world from 1979 to today. We interrupt your regularly scheduled mobile suit breakdown Zeta Gundam-inspired tragedy and depression experience (laughs) to do something a little bit fun and silly this week, inspired by our own struggles to keep it together and keep creating vibrant, exciting, creative, thoroughly researched media during the COVID-19 lockdown here in New York City. Uh, We decided this week we were going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to do something different. We're going to look forward to the Gundam that lies in our future. And Nina is going to predict whether or not she's going to like each entry in the Gundam franchise based entirely and solely on the cover of the DVD or Blu-ray box. This was inspired by a recent haul from from an anime retailer, which will go unnamed until they decide to sponsor <laughs> us. They had a pretty significant sale recently, and so we've picked up a few things that were missing from our Gundam collection. It is almost complete. We're missing a few things. Um, we don't have 100% of the available Gundam, and the available Gundam does not make up 100% of the universe of Gundam that we plan to cover on the podcast. And if you would like to see the full universe of Gundam that we intend to cover, you can always check out our watch list, which is on our website, GundamPodcast.com. Right now it's a small link at the bottom of the page. But I do have, sitting next to me, a stack of 47 different <laughs> DVD or Blu-ray boxes. Uh, we're not going to go through this 47 different times because I'm going to be giving Nina uh, multiple boxes when she's looking at a series that has multiple boxes. So, ah, okay. for example, if I were going to show her first Gundam, I'd give her the two sets of Blu-rays for the show and the one set for the movies. Okay. Now, uh, some of these do include information written on the back which you are not allowed to read because that would constitute spoilers. All right. I will be very careful not to read them. Yes. Should I check the backs in case there's more artwork or should I just look at the front? You're allowed to look at the backs and look for artwork. Okay. And you're allowed to read the title of the show. Right. Well, that's part of the whole thing. Like, is the title intriguing or interesting to me? Does it fill me with a sense of, (laughs) ah, I want to know more about this Gundam? And we'll talk about why Nina's not just going to look at each one and say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, 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 no to all of the 1990s, and so on. That would be funny, but also silly. (laughs) We're more of the let's overthink this, shall we, brand of host. We will really be breaking down the artwork, the character design, the mech design, the name of the series, as much information as I can (laughs) parse from these covers as possible. Now, they say never to judge a book by its cover, but we're a couple of rebels here, so heck the rules, we're going to do it. Let's jump in. We've already covered First Gundam, and we're covering Zeta right now, so I'm going to move those out. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next thing you're going to be looking at is Gundam Double Zeta. Double is, Zeta, huh? Uh, this is two boxes, parts one and two of the recently released Blu-ray. And I'm going to upload a gallery with photos of all of these to our Patreon page. It will be available to everybody, though. And you can find that at GundamPodcast.com slash Patreon. So check them out, and you can follow along. So the first box is very boring. It's one person in a normal suit. I assume it's our protagonist. It's one mech. I assume the double Zeta is a mech. It's got more spiny bits at the front than the Zeta had. Front of its head, I mean. Boring. (laughs) How would you describe the uh, emotion on the face of the main protagonist? Determined. He's doing the furrowed brow, staring straight up at you thing. One of his hands is visible and it's clenched. Surprise, surprise. All right. So he seems like a like a serious type of protagonist. Eh, yeah. The second box is considerably more interesting looking because it shows him and I assume the main antagonist 
who I can't totally make out, but looks like might be a woman. And there's all this purple lightning stuff in the artwork and the enemy mobile suit. I can't, it's not a great angle to see it <laughs> because of how it's flying in, but it does look more interesting. Uh, if this is representative of the two halves of Double Zeta, it would seem that the second half is going to be more enjoyable to me than the first. But we don't know. All right. I mean, I know. <laughs> I don't know if you'll like it, I guess. You can guess. You probably have a hunch. That's true. Oh, I looked on the back. There's, if that's the enemy mobile suit, it's pretty neat. Could you describe it to us? Uh, very wide shoulders and the head basically like disappearing into the body. Like if you don't look closely, it looks headless. Like it doesn't have a head because there's no neck and head separation. Mm -hmm. But looks very inspired by European knight's armor. The way the the pieces overlap, the weird sort of pointy knees. <laughs> uh, weird thing to point out, but yeah. But it does have pointy <laughs> knees. It's a weird thing to have in a mobile suit. <laughs> the armor over the arms looks a bit like gauntlets. So you're pro. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. All right. You think you'll probably enjoy the latter half more than the first part? If I can judge that based on the covers, yes. All right. I'm now handing you the box for Char's Counterattack. Which I know a few of you had the opportunity to see in theaters recently. We have somewhat older looking Char, Amaro, and oh, hello again, Lala. She's back. She never left, man. Oh, and... uh. Something that is clearly a Gundam, but that appears to have bits now. That's a neat thing. Although, honestly, they look a bit like um, like hair straighteners. <laughs> <laughs> but they're moving around independently and unconnected to the Gundam. Yeah, I mean, characters I already know. I can guess at the conflict, even though there's no particular hint of it in the artwork. It's a very boring cover. What mood do you think is being conveyed by it? What mood? I mean, this is not a mood, but inevitability. Hmm. All right, I'll take it. I'll accept it. Do you think you'll like it? Not really. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it looks boring. I don't know if it is boring, but no new characters. The cover's not really telling me much of anything, except that everyone's a bit older, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. We're now moving out of uh, the sort of initial continuity. We're out of everything you're familiar with. So why don't you take a look at this? The cover for Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. Now, this is one that purely based on the name, I'm really excited to get to. And I cannot wait to watch this one. <laughs> so the artwork shows um, sort of the back of a kid with a classic Japanese school backpack. And attached as a keychain to the backpack is a little Gundam figure. And in the kid's back pocket is a Swiss Army knife. She's grinning, by the way, as she describes this. This is the first time there's been any expression on her face <laughs> except puzzlement when she looks at these covers. And then the back art is the front of the kid. So the art sort of like continues onto the back. And he's holding a Zaku figurine in one hand. And this is a young kid. This is closer to orphan's age than to teen soldier age. Or somewhere right in the middle, perhaps. Um, and clearly the idea is this is a kid who has grown up in a world that has mobile suits and that idolizes them to some degree. You know, this is a, a marketed toy that a kid might grow up playing with, but also lives in a world where it's an instrument of war. So we're starting to get into that almost self-referential, looping back in <laughs> meta-commentary on its own success kind of Gundam. I'm really excited to watch this. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Now, of course, as we're doing this, I can never confirm for Nina whether she's right or wrong about any of these things. And none of you should either. All right. Are you prepared for Mobile Suit Gundam F91? Oh, interesting. This artwork is very different. They've got kind of a neat font going on for the name of the series. Gundam is written in almost like carnival style letters. And then the F has what looks like a vine twining around it. Everything's very green. There's someone in a mask, but it's a new mask. It's not Char's mask. There's two people in normal suits who look like they're about to kiss, although obviously their suits are in the way. <laughs> uh, there's a, a purple lily at the bottom. And then on the back, we have the mobile suit 
It has some sort of uh, bright green energy shield, which is pretty neat. And I, in general, I, I like the mobile suit's design. It's fairly humanoid. It's not terribly exaggerated in its form, but some of the plating has sort of like nice curve and shape to it. Uh, and then there's little sort of circular drawings of other, I assume, moments from the show. People's faces, other mobile suits. It doesn't tell us very much. But I like this mobile suit design. I like that they did something different with the lettering and the overall design of the cover. It makes me think it'll be, you know, something new. It's definitely stepping away from those original couple series. All right. So next up, you are getting Mobile Suit Gundam 0083. Uh, and I notice that the cover doesn't actually say the name. This is Stardust Memory. Oh, interesting. A lot more emotion in the faces on this cover than is typical for these. Because uh, we've got the guy who I assume is our hero or one of the main characters who's just giving a salute and is very sort of stern-faced. But there's a woman who's screaming and her hands are at her face. There's someone who, because it's just a picture of their head, I cannot determine their gender. <laughs> they have shortish hair, but it's like long, short hair. <laughs> If you know what I mean. I don't know how else to describe it. It's the sort of haircut, oh, even given when this was made, like a woman or a man could have that haircut. And so it's unclear. And they don't have any facial hair, which would tip me off. Uh, and then there's a, a profile shot of a commander of some kind who looks much older and very like lined face. And then there's another almost profile of another person who's clearly in motion because their hair is whipping around. And they're looking very intently at something. Do you think this cover tells you anything about the series? It makes the whole thing feel more frantic. Like if I had to make a guess about the content, I would imagine that there are like more battles maybe or fewer lulls. Mm -hmm. Because it's typical for one of these series to sort of like, you know, there's a battle or maybe two episodes of battle. And then we have a bunch of other stuff happen. Yeah, you know, we go through phases of very exciting, very sort of like high octane action. Mm -hmm. And then more story and character development. Uh, the cover of this one seems to indicate it's going to be like all action all the time. And there are two mobile suits fighting on it. There's the obvious Gundam with its beam saber and its white, blue, red, yellow color scheme. And then a very brown mobile suit attacking it with a green beam saber. Besides the brownness, do you notice anything else about that attacking mobile suit? Uh, it's got like... They're shaped like shoulders, but they look more like wings or like the carapace of a beetle that's opened up. And then it's got thrusters underneath it, but they're super wide. Also, like the Gundam, it very much has a face. A lot of the other enemy mobile suits we've seen so far don't have quite so distinct a, a humanoid face. This one has a very human-looking face that almost looks like it's yelling. It almost looks like it's mid-yell mm. as it's fighting. Um... Not as excited as for War in the Pocket, mostly because if it is all action all the time, it's very hard to deliver on that and, <laughs> and have it all be good. Mm -hmm. But certainly more interesting to me than Shars Counterattack or Double Zeta. <laughs> all right. We've now reached a V or Victory, and I'm going to be giving you two boxes for this. Looks like a younger protagonist. We have Haro again. We have a little girl who looks like Lala 2.0, younger darker skinned, but wearing the same color of yellow outfit that is almost exactly the same shape. It's cinched in at the waist. So it's a little less of a like formless gown, but it's still a long sleeved shirt and skirt combi mm -hmm. with little slipper shoes. Uh, yeah, the Lala alike, the younger protagonist. And the final thing that really strikes me on this one is, and I'm noticing it in the Haro and in the mobile suit, and I don't know if it's true in the show itself, but the colors are much more subdued. It's a, a less vibrant blue, a less vibrant yellow, a less vibrant red, which I don't know if they're trying to go more realistic. Like, are they trying for a more realism vibe? And so toning down the colors that kind of make it feel like a kid's toy. But then if you flip over onto the other side... I guess the blue is still fairly subdued, but the red is back to being a, a very bright red. And some other characters visible. Yeah, lots of younger kids 
It does make me wonder if after this much Gundam, people were no longer shocked by teen soldiers. So they needed to make the kids even younger to make it sufficiently shocking. Hey, there are two different Gundams here. <laughs> hmm. One of them has blue knees and sort of like a big yellow V across its chest and shooting back into like thrusters or something off of its shoulders. One has a red chest uh, and no blue knees. What would you speculate about this show based on the covers? Um, I don't know. They don't give you much to go on. Uh, there's a shot that looks an awful lot like a European city like Paris on the back of one of these. So maybe more of it happens on Earth. But we've also seen like plenty of the colonies have created replicas of parts of Earth. So that doesn't mean anything. But mm -hmm. we might be more like bound in a geographic space and less out in space, the ether. And in terms of the overall tone of the series? This is going to sound strange, but perhaps less dark, even though the protagonists are younger. The covers are, look very sort of like happy mm -hmm. <laughs> for a Gundam series. All right. You're going to be looking now at Mobile Fighter G Gundam. This is volume one and this is volume two. Ah, this is the one that when we unpacked it, I said, oh, this is the DBZ of Gundam. <laughs> well, there's a guy in a, um, I don't know where precisely it's from, but I want to say sort of like Chinese or Vietnamese outfit that is purple. And he has a long braid. Uh, there's another guy with a red headband. There's some women in very tight, skimpy looking outfits. I mean, they're not skimpy. They're normal suit style, full body, but like skin tight, <laughs> very, very tight. Uh, a couple of people's shoulders have little antennae on their shoulder pauldron dealies, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> One of these mobile suits, the torso of it just looks like a very long spine. One of these mobile suits has a helmet. It looks a bit like an old samurai helmet because it's got the sort of like skirt bit around the bottom. Mm -hmm. But then it has the spike on the top, like the World War One era German helmets. This is also the first cover to introduce orange into the mix as a, as a main color. There's a lot of kanji on the cover written in a sort of like a very active, aggressive style. And I think this might be the first time we've actually had kanji on the cover. It is. It is remarkable in that way. The background is all red flames. Do you think you'll like it? I mean, it looks incredibly extra. So even if I don't, it will probably be fun to watch. All right. There's a guy in a European nobles outfit who has like a cravat thing going on and a guy wearing like a Buddhist monk's robe and... Lots of uh, torn off sleeves. There's a guy who I assume is inspired by Americans because he's wearing a very flashy jacket and his brightly colored hair <laughs> and a star on his shirt. I don't know. It looks very extra. That is my impression. All right. Can you guess anything about what the plot is going to be like? Some sort of tournament arc is okay. the vibe I get. I don't know. All right. Three boxes. Three? For Gundam Wing. Oh, no. Oh, yes? Part one, part two, part Endless Waltz. People are excited for us to cover this one. And so, of course, I want to get there because who doesn't want more people to listen to the podcast? Uh, but it's heavy. It feels like there are a lot of discs <laughs> in the use. One cover is a lot of serious faces, even from the guy who's dressed like a jester, which is a little odd. Uh, I assume our protagonist is the one pointing a gun straight at the viewer. Some interesting character design. Like, I like the look of the different faces. Hmm. So definitely getting a, like, a good guys, bad guys possibly vibe from box one is our protagonist and co. Box two, villains, because they're wearing very flashy European-esque uniforms. <laughs> so obviously villainous. Also, the masked guy is on box two but a lot of women, which is exciting. And we're back to protagonists who appear to be teens. Mm -hmm. And then it's not until Endless Waltz that any of the covers have mobile suits on them. But oh my gosh, one of the mobile suits has a half mask that's like a clown. <laughs> oh my God. And we get to see whatever uniforms are 
good guys wear, and they're pretty cool. I like the look of this character who's sort of grinning and peering over their sunglasses. Uh, there's some more mobile suit art on the back, uh, on the backs of all of these. Oh man, what is this super chunky green guy? <laughs> every green enemy mobile suit, I just want to call it Zaku, but just like every red, white, blue, yellow mobile suit is a Gundam. Okay, I'm excited to watch this. Good. Now, looking just at the first two boxes, mm -hmm. out of those characters, who do you think you're going to like the most? Okay, so I'm torn in liking the most between, uh, on the baddies aside, the young woman with the glasses, because how could I not? <laughs> uh, and then on the goodies side, uh, this is... So the problem is I've already seen this character on the cover of Endless Waltz, and that sort of colored my opinion. <laughs> um, but barring that person, they're the only person on this cover who's smiling, so that's a point in their favor. But I am somewhat torn between them and this young woman who has uh, like two sort of very twisty braids, mostly because she's drawn in a really different, interesting style. Like they actually gave her a nose, which is unusual for anime. <laughs> Let the record show that Nina picked Lady On and Sally Poe. I don't know what that means, and I won't. I know, that's for why. I, for many years. That's why I felt okay saying it. Is it horrifying? Have I revealed horrible things <laughs> about myself? That would be a spoiler. I love that you actually know off the top of your head who all those people are. <laughs> okay, well, who's the, who's the grinny one with the sunglasses? That's Duo. Okay, that was the other one I really liked. All right, I'm now handing you the box for the 8th Mobile Suit Team. Okay, this one I've heard a lot about. I know it's one of Tom's favorites. I'm really excited to watch it, though, even just based on the art. The cover is a very beat-up, rusted mobile suit in the jungle with a couple of suits coming down by parachute in a little gap in the forest behind it. So I get the sense we're going to be talking about Vietnam a lot when we <laughs> do this one which is not going to be fun, but oh well. <laughs> so, mu so much of this is not fun. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, what we're doing right now is fun. That's true. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since a Gundam series has given us any sense of scarcity, any sense that there are other factors at play in survival beyond merely do you fight the best. And I'm excited to see that take on Gundam. Okay, next up, you are getting the two boxes for After War Gundam X. If it's after the war, why does anybody need Gundams? But what are you going to do with all the Gundams left over after the war? Oh, very interesting. Okay, this one, the style of the sort of graphic design of the covers feels like it's trying to be much more futuristic. This one feels like early 2000s future design. I don't know if that's, that's when this came out, but... Uh, Mid-90s. Okay. Yeah, something about the uh, the text that they chose for the title and uh, the way that they did the numbers on the covers. Both of the characters on the covers are smiling, but uh, this time it feels ominous. <laughs> well, there's this... Well, one of the characters is a girl with long brown hair and a sort of light purple shirt, and she's got her hands up at her chest, almost in like a praying position, and she's just sort of smiling gently and looking softly at you with a scary mobile suit behind her. That's not frightening at all. The other main character on the cover of the first box is holding a, like a ray gun looking thing. It's, it's pretty silly. <laughs> These Gundams have green on them. Are you scandalized? What? Well, and one of them has, is uh, sort of like black or very dark navy instead of blue. And the other one is, is more of a like teal blue rather than the sort of bright primary blue that we've had in the past. Clearly somebody decided they needed to change things up. Do you think you'll like it? And can you make any guesses about what the story will be like? I get a strong rivals or rivals to romance vibe by the fact that we have like a boy and a girl and their Gundams. Uh, I don't think I'm going to like it. <laughs> Mostly because I didn't particularly like Camille 
as many of you know, he has his moments, but I, I don't particularly like him. And what saves Zeta for me is that it's an ensemble and other characters occasionally <laughs> sort of gain my sympathies. These covers are like, okay, here are your two characters. <laughs> and so if I don't like them, the whole series is going to be... Well, and if I don't like them and if I don't care about their relationship, if the show fails to make me care about the relationship between these two characters, it's going to be a slog <laughs> because that looks like what this is going to be about. Okay. I'm now going to hand you the three boxes that make up Turn A Gundam. Two for the show, one for the compilation movies. This is the one with the cool mustache Gundam. The things you pick up about these shows. It's true. Oh, I'm definitely going to like this. This is based off of the fact that this one feels more fantastical than a lot of other Gundam. They're not trying to be realistic. It's clearly still science fiction in that we have mobile suits. But there also appears to be a huge dirigible ship and somebody is hanging on to the top of a biplane and there's a train in the bottom corner and some flowers and the outfits feel very old school. Little hats with feathers and long dresses with petticoats and boots that button up. And that was just box one. Box two, there appears to be like a big tent or something that's on fire. And Mustache Gundam is reaching for an enemy who is like jumping at two other characters who I assume are our heroes because the girl with the long blonde hair was the predominant figure for the first box. This one also looks like it's going to maybe take place less in outer space and more in a like terrestrial or terrestrial-like environment. There's a lot of trees. And then Earthlight and Moon Butterfly. I mean, this one is much less interesting than the first two. We've got two almost identical long blonde-haired <laughs> characters. I can't tell if they're meant to be the same person or not. They're wearing different outfits, but they're sort of reflected on one side and the other. Mustache Gundam is holding the moon in its arms, which is a pretty cool look. And then... We have our, our pilot in their normal suit holding their helmet and making sort of like a big sweeping gesture. But yeah, the, the cover for the movies is much less interesting, but having already bought my interest on the first two. <laughs> All right, so you're very excited for these. Yes. Yeah, after a certain point, Gundam creators must come into it feeling like you have to pick something fundamental to change or it's going to be boring. And what do you think is fundamentally changed about this one? The world in which it takes place, that it's not this, frankly, quite realistic, easy to imagine the technological leaps from when it was created to then. It's like, no, this is a completely different, totally weird, like vaguely recognizable world. Mm -hmm. But also there are mechs. All right. I'm now handing you the DVD box for Gundam Evolve. I get a little bit of a Satoshi Kon vibe hmm. from the, the art style of the way the main character's face is drawn and something about the the composition of the the sort of mech in the front and then the pilot in normal suit behind and parts of it are sort of blurred the back only has very tiny art so that's not much help uh it doesn't tell me much of anything mm -hmm. and evolve sadly uh is not a name to inspire confidence because it to me says we have made some changes <laughs> from the previous one, uh, but no like big leaps, no no breaking with the past. Okay. But I am intrigued by the art. All right, cool. All right, so now I'm handing you uh, a DVD box set for Gundam Seed. Uh, we obtained this one. We got this when a neighbor was moving out and needed to get rid of a whole bunch of comics and DVDs and stuff. I don't, uh, I don't know how this came to be. I strongly suspect it's not officially licensed. <laughs> um, but I can confirm that the art on the cover is real art that does relate to this series. Okay. Hmm. There's a girl with her eyes closed holding a small magenta haro. <laughs> and a more different girl with blue hair. And then a boy looking off into the distance away from both of them. So yeah, that sounds about right for Gundam. <laughs> And then a whole bunch more characters in the background. 
Uh, it does look like a series where we're probably going to have more characters around the same age of the protagonist instead of the protagonist being like the youngest of the crew. More like first, less like Zeta. Yes, which I think is likely to be more enjoyable. Um, we have apparently moved into the era when suits have like a lot of stuff coming off the back, <laughs> which I think looks very cool, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's just like a lot of stuff coming off. I don't even know what they are or what they're supposed to be for or what to call them. Pointy bits sort of fanning off of the back. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of us in the fandom refer to this as the era of the backpack. Ah, when well. every mobile suit gets a big fancy backpack. All right. Backpacks then. Oh, interesting. Um, one of these character designs is reminding me of Gurren Lagann, which is to say probably Gurren Lagann was inspired by one of these character designs. The the pink-haired girl with the white outfit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, the character looks sort of cool. The, the character design looks neat. The more ensemble feeling for the cast. The text is all in Japanese, so Tom doesn't have to worry about me accidentally reading something. <laughs> So here's the problem, though, right? Based purely on the cover, I would say, I think I'll enjoy this one. But I've heard people talk so much trash about <laughs> Seed that I say that with considerable trepidation. Many people authentically love Seed, and they're allowed to. Yeah. You're allowed to. Maybe I will like it. And Tom will be like, I don't know how this is possible. But my wife likes Seed. Mobile Suit Breakdown, Civil War. All right, so I'm now going to hand you the box for MS Igloo. Igloo? Huh. The way the person is drawn, they have their back to us, but it feels like a much more photorealistic style, much less cartoony anime style. There's a Zaku pointing a gun at him. It looks like a heat gun. It's hard for me to take it seriously because <laughs> it just looks like a heat gun. As in like a craft gun for creating enough. Yeah, for molding like, plastics yeah. and stuff. Uh, but there's that, the mono eye and there's the tubing. So, you know. Oh, sh is this one CG? <laughs> oh, no. So I was already deeply skeptical because of the name, because I've rarely heard anybody talk about igloos in a way that's not racist, unless that's actually a part of their culture. <laughs> uh and the, I gotta say, the CG feels weird. Does it ever? Safe to say you are not excited about this one. No. This is another one where the background is all flames, but it looks less fun than G Gundam. Yeah. All right. So next, I'm going to give you three DVDs from Gundam Seed Destiny. Now, we don't own all of Gundam Seed Destiny. Okay. We're waiting on a new release that keeps being teased by anime importer and producer that we will not name until they decide <laughs> to sponsor our podcast. However, we have these uh, old DVDs from an earlier release when you had to buy them one DVD at a time. So you're going to be looking at Gundam Seed Destiny uh, DVDs number two, <laughs> four, and 12. What? It's what we got. There are 12? That sounds awful. There might be more. Oh, God. Cute pink-haired girl in what looks like a... Well, when I say in, I mean her mobile suit appears to be, because she's not inside it, she's in front of it, a red goof. It's got the pointy shoulder. <laughs> this cool kid with his jacket sleeves rolled up. And, oh, his mobile suit, the um, the face of it looks a bit like kabuki paint. That's cool. And it looks like it has some sort of halberd and the, right, that's neat. And then two more people and a Gundam. Hmm. I see we're still in backpack era. Yes, this is a direct sequel to Gundam Seed. Okay. And yet none of the characters looked familiar. I don't know. I quite liked one of these mobile suit designs, <laughs> but I'm not getting the impression of anything new or different or particularly exciting from this cover art. So you get the feeling that Seed Destiny will just be more of the, more same. Of the same. Okay. Yep. But I do like that mobile suit. I'm trying to remember the name of that one. Ha! <laughs> You've stumped me. <laughs> Something Tom doesn't know off the top of his head. I'll look it up and cut it in later. So it sounds like I knew it all along. That's not fair. <laughs> I have the power of the editor. So do I. Or were you going to do it all by yourself? I assumed I'd be helping. Ooh, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> For the record, it was the Abyss Gundam. All right. Are you ready to uh, see an old friend again? 
No. Too bad. This is the box for uh, Zeta Gundam, a new translation. It looks like a Zeta with a better animation. Interestingly, in the art on the back, it's Camille surrounded by women. It's as if there are no other characters. It's Camille surrounded by four, Sarah, Beltorchka, Emma, and Rekoa. That feels like uh, that feels like Camille's ideal situation. So we get to watch Zeta again in a few years, is what you're telling me. Aren't you excited? No. He's such a good boy. Oh Look at him there on the cover, <laughs> floating through space. Looking very pouty. <laughs> really, what is that facial expression? Pouty. His you'd, hair. You'd pout too. His hair if looks. It happened to you. His hair does look very luxurious. I will say that. In the cover, his hair looks so curly and soft and thick and beautiful. They remade it just so that they could give his hair the attention that it deserved. All right. Next up, you are going to get Gundam Double Zero. This is actually going to be four boxes. Uh, two boxes cover the series. One box covers the uh, compilation movies that recut the series. And then one box is for the movie Awakening of the Trailblazer. Are you sure it's not Awakening? Of the trailblazer? Look at the way it's written. Yep. Awakening. <laughs> I already hate it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. The cover of the first one, assuming this is our protagonist. Yeah, he's on a bunch of the covers. Okay. This is our protagonist. Is wearing a sort of fitted, high-necked white shirt or coat with a black belt and a red, well, it's more maroon sort of scarf around his shoulders. It's a very different look. I like it. The mobile suit has sort of etching into a bunch of the panels and the etching all glows red, which uh, I don't know if it was meant to feel more high tech, but to me, it feels more ancient looking. Mm. Like, look at all these glowing mystical carvings kind of a vibe. And then the back has a sort of honeycomb pattern with little pictures from the series in it. I do not understand this design choice of putting in very, very tiny <laughs> screen grabs that are too tiny to be, to be of any use to anyone. I guess just to fill space. The second one is same protagonist wearing a little like bolero coat this time. Good outfits. And what appears to be a different mobile suit because it doesn't have the glowy etching. Same back as the previous. There's a mobile suit. There's a bunch of tiny screen grabs. The compilation movie is the first time we see him in opposition to another person who is another young man with longish, wavy anime hair. They do a little bit of the sort of like action color scheme where one of them is set off by reds and oranges and one by greens and blues. But this doesn't tell me anything. Oh, he has a rival? <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> that was a first for Gundam. I mean, really innovative storytelling. Took them about 25 oh. years to introduce the rival. But this very beat up looking mobile suit has a cape. How do you feel about mobile suits with capes? I mean, super cool stylistic choice, but also I would be highly disappointed if in one of the fight scenes, some other mobile suit doesn't like use the cape to blind him or like grab him by the cape to swing him around. You know, <laughs> somebody should obviously exploit the weaknesses of the cape, but it looks very cool. Nice. And then... Awakening of the Trailblazer is obviously a terrible name, but is the first of the covers to fill me with any curiosity about the series. Although I'm starting to realize that the very concerned woman with her hands clutched over her chest is going to be like a standard <laughs> Gundam pose. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> is the, the don't, vibe. Don't do all the mobile suit violence. And there is some sort of weird... I mean, I suppose it looks a bit like a station of some kind in the background, but it looks like a ball of roots is what it actually looks like, like a big tangle of roots. And then there's a ring around it and there's sort of like pointy bits coming off of it as well. It's weird. Um, Do you take anything away from that? We're going to get some new colony designs. They're going to be maybe a little more organic and also a little more strange. I don't think I'm going to love Double Zero. Just based off of these covers, it's not one that's grabbing me. All right. Next, I'm going to give you the box for the complete collection of Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn with the very confusing acronym Gundam UC. So 
I have seen part of Unicorn before, which I feel like I've mentioned on the podcast. The very first OVA episode. Yes. What I didn't know at the time is that what's her face? Female character with the short blonde hair and green eyes basically looks like Minerva Zabi. <laughs> Hello, Minerva again. This is another protagonist looking stoic in the front with his normal suit, masked guy looming in the background. Someone in the sort of grouping of faces is screaming from inside their <laughs> normal suit helmet. There's some mobile suits. Eh. <laughs> Any thoughts about those mobile suits? I suppose I sort of like how this one went all in on having as many spiny bits coming off the head as they could possibly fit. <laughs> There's just so many. There's like seven. It looks almost like antlers, the way they sort of branch and come off. That's cool. There's not a whole lot visible, actually. That one, you can really only see its head. And then the other one, you can see the chest and the head, but there's nothing particularly remarkable about them. All right. And then there's a bit of one on the back, which also seems to have gone with like very simple white plating. And then between the plates, there's like glowy red stuff, which is a look. It's not really my my jam. Like the one from the first cover of Double Zero? A bit different because it doesn't look like etching. It's more like the mobile frame is glowing and there are gaps between the plating where you can see the frame glowing mm -hmm. rather than here are all these sort of channels etched in the plating and the channels are glowing, which I liked better. Okay, next up, you are going to look at Mobile Suit Gundam Age. Three discs, uh, two for the show and one for a compilation movie, kind of. All right. Oh, cute. They look young. They look very young. One of them is holding what looks like a flip phone. <laughs> sort of neat. There's what I assume is the contemporaneous Gundam for the show in front of three kids, two boys and a girl, or two. Yeah, I think it's two boys and a girl, but it's sort of hard to tell because, again, the hair and the outfits and their kids. So what does it matter? Um, <laughs> but uh, in the background, there are silhouettes of two more mobile suits, each one with one glowing eye and then the second box has one of the characters uh the one who i thought was a little girl but now i don't know <laughs> uh, flanked by two adult men one of whom looks sort of like 20s or 30s one of whom looks much older and grizzled uh and has what i think of as like wolfman hair like <laughs> shaggy hair that grows into a shaggy beard and mustache <laughs> the other one has pretty crazy hair too to be honest and a mole suit that incorporates a lot of almost neon green, which I like. The blue-green-yellow palette is pretty cool. And some sort of planetary body behind them. It sort of looks like maybe an eclipse of some kind happening. That phone is being clutched with a lot of purpose. Like, it's really important. <laughs> and then the movie, Memory of Eden. Uh... Oh, man, if that is a little boy with a rat tail haircut, that's really going to take me back. And I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think we have here a boy with a rat tail haircut. And then someone else sort of with their body angled away and their face in profile, but red and black jacket with a really tall collar. They have their backs to each other. So strong rivals or enemies vibe. And then above them, half is the... The red-coated one's mobile suit and half is rat tail kid's mobile suit, I assume. And then the backs appear to have just more mobile suits. Yeah. The mobile suit design looks pretty cool. The vibe I get from this one is a little bit like, what if Kika, Cats, and Let's were a little older than they were in First Gundam and they were the protagonists instead of Amuro and company? It does look like it's going to be fairly dark, but not... Not grim dark, just normal Gundam dark. <laughs> and the kids, you know, one of them looks very serious and is frowning all the time. The other ones look like maybe they're reasonably cheerful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, am I going to enjoy this? I'm going to say yes. Okay. All right. I'm now handing you the box for Gundam Build Fighters. Ah, here's another one I've heard of. We're getting into stuff that's more recent-ish. <laughs> yeah. Pretty recent. Oh, this one looks like fun. Everyone is smiling. <laughs> oh, that can't be Gundam. Hold on. That must be wrong. Happy Gundam. And while the two Gundam-looking mobile suits look kind of boring, 
there is a mobile suit in the back that's green and red and white with yellow accents, and that's pretty rad. There are some kids either making a pact or about to arm wrestle on the back. This just looks like it's going to be much more fun and lighthearted and generally enjoyable than my experience of Gundam so far. So I'm really excited to see how they do that. Okay. Next is Gundam Reconquista in G or G no Reconquista. This normal suit jacket has a bunny on one chest section. Yeah, some interesting changes of emblems, a very different looking mobile suit, cheery looking protagonist. This is one that I would say I'm looking forward to because the style looks very distinct from the styles we've seen. Obviously, I still looked at it and said, that's a Gundam, but it's quite different compared to some of the other ones I've seen. It looks sort of broader and beefier generally, less angular. There's a lot more curved lines, especially uh, in the yellow chest vents, in the curve of the head, on the shoulders. Yeah. And then on the back, he appears to be riding some sort of mechanical (laughs) conveyance. And then there are some cute girls in the background. So yeah, that looks like fun. All right. So you'd say you're expecting this one to be quite different in its style. Yes. uh, And fun. Yes. Okay. I know fun is probably the wrong (laughs) word, but uh, that is the general vibe that I got. Energetic, not too dark. Yes. Genki. It's very Genki. Unfortunately, this has been spoiled a little bit for me by Tomino-san himself, because Tomino, when we saw him being interviewed at Anime NYC, said that the world of Reconquista, Reconquista, how am I supposed to say this? Reconquista. Reconquista in G exists because the people of the like UC timeline did not learn anything, which sounds like the setup for something terrible, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> no comment. Here is the box for Gundam Build Fighters Try. This looks like some kind of sports Gundam. People are wearing athleisure (laughs) (laughs) and holding small glowy ball things that look like dodgeball balls approximately in their size. Uh, And one of the mobile suits is an SD (laughs) mobile suit. And again, mostly smiling. One of them is scowling, but it all looks very sporty. You looking forward to it? Yes. But I will say, I expect this one to be like a sports anime. I'm expecting a shonen-y sports anime type thing. <laughs> Which one of these is the, um, what's the one, the martial arts one you loved? Oh, um, uh, History's My Disciple Kenichi. Which one of these is the Kenichi of Gundam series? You know I can't answer that. All right. Are you ready to meet some old friends again? No, never. Too late. Too bad. Oh, the origin. These are the two boxes of Gundam the origin. No, nothing about this makes me think I will enjoy it. Everyone is making the most dramatic facial expressions. (laughs) And I already know what happens. I think that's enough on the origin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now going to hand you two boxes for Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt. The first one is December Sky, and the second one, Bandit Flower. Bandit Flower? Mmm, no. I don't like the animation style as much. While the the art of the mobile suits and the space battles looks as if it's going to be really cool, how the aesthetic translated into the character design is really not my jam. Okay. I'm not entirely sure how to describe the style, Uh, At the risk of upsetting a whole lot of people, parts of it feel a bit reminiscent of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to me, which is something I tried to get into, but really didn't like the art and so could never quite get past my dislike of the art to give it a a fair shake on other bases. Bandit Flower manages to avoid this problem by not showing me anyone's face. There's just a very cool mobile suit. What are, there's like these huge things coming off of its feet or I don't know where, what relation these like extra parts have to the mobile suit itself. And what's your opinion of the mobile suit with the extra parts? Uh, That it's very different and weird and therefore I like it. And of course, there's some plum blossom thrown in that's very you know aesthetic and pretty and some praying hands behind it. You had observed that that was kind of a, a common motif on these covers. 
Well, but this is less the like woman clutching hands to her chest emotional. And this is more priest in robes, hands in prayer position thing. The other thing I like about the mobile suits, the color scheme, it's white, black, and yellow, which is quite striking. But no, I I don't necessarily get a vibe like I'm going to enjoy Thunderbolt. All right. The last one is a special one. Uh, this is the only one of these that is actually an import from Japan. This is the special edition of Rekongista and G's first compilation movie. Go, Core Fighter. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, and so I have the outer box and then the inner box, and you're allowed to look at both of them, but don't open the inner box. Okay. Now, unfortunately, I'm a sucker for beautiful packaging. So the moment I touch this box with its like heavy, crinkly paper, I'm like, ooh, yes, I love it already. <laughs> There's a ring-shaped colony. There appear to be some cheerleaders for some reason, some handsome dudes, some very cool poses, both from characters and from the mobile suit. And all the mobile suits look very visually distinct, which is something I, as a, as a noob, appreciate. It's really hard for me when they throw out a bunch of mobile suits that all look very similar and have the same color scheme or very similar color schemes. Because I'll say, oh, is that a Marisai? And Tom will be like, no, but I can see why you thought it was a Marisai. <laughs> it's obnoxious for me. <laughs> I know some people get off on being like, I know precisely what each and every one of these suits looks like. No, that's not a Marisai. That is a Marisai 2C Delta. Is that actually a thing? No. Okay. Probably not. But you know what? Um, there's a non-zero chance that it is a thing. Also, there's a little slogan on the box. A message to the future for all children through the world, which is a, a slogan. That's about the most Tomino thing I can imagine writing. Also, the fact that it's a goat core fighter, I immediately <laughs> want to watch it. Can we watch it now? It would be a betrayal of everything we stand for as a podcast, but I want to watch it. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it with somebody else. And then the inner cover has more close-up of the face of the Gundam, and it feels very expressive. They made the eyes really big, and then also you can kind of see some of the circuitry or the lights or whatever electronically is happening behind the sort of yellow plate of the eyes of the head of the Gundam. And it gives it a sense of life. Not much on the back of that, but the art looks beautiful. The mobile suits look cool. Yeah, I, I want to watch this. I think I'll like it. So we have gone through my entire stack and it only took us an hour and a half to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've noticed a couple of things. Okay. First, you like covers when they have more characters on them and more going on. Yeah. Which makes sense, especially for this kind of exercise where you're trying to figure out what a series is going to be like. Yeah. It conveys more of the emotion. If all you have on the cover is a mobile suit, it doesn't really tell me anything. And if you have a character in a mobile suit, your design of that character has to be incredibly compelling <laughs> or something about the way that you're displaying them. If they're just scowling into the distance like every other cover, how is that supposed to... I mean, you know what this tells me about the design of these covers is they want you to look at it and immediately know, ah, this is a Gundam show. Mm -hmm. And so the shorthand for that is scowling dude staring into the distance, cool mobile suit. And you know it's a Gundam. And if that's all you want... <laughs> it might help to have a woman clutching at her hands in front of her chest. Indeed. Uh, looking sad or scared or both. But yeah, if all you care about is, am I about to buy a Gundam? <laughs> <laughs> then that's all they need. But if it's among all the Gundams, do I want to watch this one? Do I think I will like this one? I need a bit more <laughs> than that. Well, this is not a universal trend, but... I did notice going through it that mainline Universal Century Gundam series tend to do main mobile suit, main character, maybe a couple of secondary characters in the background, whereas alternate universe Gundam projects tend to have a much more uh, vibrant, exciting, and full cover, probably because they know they aren't just selling you a Gundam. They actually do need to convince you to buy this Alternate universe. On the Gundam <laughs> franchise. And to a certain degree, it makes sense 
that from my perspective as someone who has been now watching original Gundam and the compilation movies and then the follow-up series constantly and (laughs) and studying it, that what's going to attract me is something that promises to be different. Yeah. And luckily for you, it does seem like while not every series grabbed you like that, it does seem like it's a nice mix through the years. So you're not going to be stuck for too long watching things you're not excited to see before you get to another one of these that really grabbed you. I hope they live up to it. I hope I like even more of them than I thought I would. I'm sorry if I said one of your favorites looks boring. (laughs) Blame the graphic designers for the cover art. Next time on episode 2.44, Strange Bedfellows. We cover Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam episode 43 and a secret little smile. Swing and a miss. There are no ghosts in space, except for Lala. Where is Camille and who is this level-headed imposter? Getting new typier all the time. We get signal, take off every fa. The one thing stronger than ideology? Friendship. And only one at a time on the crying bench. You will see the tears of time. Remember to do all of the podcast things. Subscribe and review Mobile Suit Breakdown wherever you get your podcasts. Then pledge your undying devotion to Mobile Suit Breakdown on Patreon, where you can find great bonus content, get access to the MSB Discord, get exclusive MSB merchandise, and, you know, support the podcast. You can also follow at Gundam Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and like us at facebook.com slash Gundam Podcast for all kinds of extra content. And you should always check out our website, GundamPodcast.com, for all of our episodes, show notes, watch list, wish list, some other lists, and more. Plus, you can always email your questions, comments, and complaints to GundamPodcast at gmail.com. Or share your wrong Gundam opinion with the world while continuing to do your part to save us all by standing in the middle of your home and shouting... If boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider, then how did Sirocco come back so wise? Out the window at passersby. We might not hear you, but the world needs to know. This week's Wrong Gundam Opinion was submitted by Saiba Billy. Thank you, Saiba Billy. The intro song is Wasp by Misha Dioxin, and the closing music is Long Way Home by Spinning Ratio. You can find links and more in the show notes. And thank you for listening. Anyway, let's talk about Gundam. Let's. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I was funny right before he turned the recording on. Oh no, you'll never know what was so funny. It's all Tom's fault. They'll be they'll be teased, tempted, tormented. The other words that start with T tantalized. Taunted. We're not gonna be able to be this thorough for all of them. No, no. <laughs>
think of that in the first place. <laughs> yes. Because I've been thinking about um, what if Ophelia from Hamlet, when her life was falling apart, instead of uh, killing herself, had started a podcast. But I have no idea why I started thinking that. Also, Tom, she's not a 30-something-year-old man. Hamlet is the one who would start a podcast. The women can start podcasts, too. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying Ophelia would be perfectly positioned to start a true crime podcast about the murder of Polonius. <laughs> Unfortunately, that made me think a sad thought, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Oh, just that like, men are conditioned to think that everything they have to say is important, mm-hmm. and women are conditioned to constantly question whether or not what they have to say is important, which is probably why fewer women start podcasts. Probably. Anyway. <laughs>